Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today, we will be discussing John 1 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before you listen. Chris, what's our news? So, for the news today, um, as some people know, if you are following the Song of Ice and Fire um, books, there's supposed to be the sixth one coming out called Winds of Winter. And George R. R. Martin put a date on it of July 29th, which has passed, and the book Mm -hmm. is still not out. Um, He was supposed to go to this thing called Worldcon in New Zealand, and he said, um, and this is according to the LA Times, he said, if I don't have the winds of winter in hand when I arrive in New Zealand for Worldcon, you have here my formal written permission to imprison me in a small cabin on White Island overlooking that lake of sulfuric acid until I'm done. Well, neither of those happened. The book is not out, and George R. R. Martin is not imprisoned. Um, but uh, he has not given any more hints as to when it's coming out, so we're all still waiting, speculating. Um, but uh, pretty anxious to see when that book is going to come out, the sixth one for Song of Ice and Fire. George, you better watch out. Your fans are going to be coming for you. <laughs> we're all waiting. Let's we're go. Waiting. Okay, so... This week's Martin message, it was written August 8th, it says, The pandemic is not over. We are deep in the midst of the predicted second wave. And who knows how many more surges will follow this one. Too many, unless more of us do a better job of staying in quarantine and wearing our masks. New Mexico has done a much better job with COVID-19 than most of the surrounding states. Thanks in large part to our amazing governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham. But numbers are rising here too. I don't know how long this will last. We just had our first virtual world con, and I cannot even say for sure that DC next summer will not turn out to be our second. All I know for sure is that I am headed back into my own quarantine, and whenever I get out, I will be wearing a mask. Please do the same, all of you. Wear your mask. Yes. Mask up, people. Stay healthy. Stay safe. All right. So the answers you guys sent in for this week um, from last week's questions, the first question was... Who would you choose for your hand of the king? Um, Hannah said, probably my best friend. You need someone you can trust. Agreed. Mm-hmm. That's why Olivia and I both yep. picked each other. <laughs> um, and then Clayton said, Ned Stark. I, I mean, I like that. If you don't have any ulterior motives like the Lannisters did. Yeah, and he's a very honorable, trustworthy you better, man. All I'm saying, Clayton, is you better yep. treat, treat Ned right, sir. <laughs> anyway, um, and then the second, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I also have an answer from my sister, Lexi. Um, she says she would pick her grandma because she would like, she would kind of play the role of her conscious. Con- conscience. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's a good, that's a good reason though. Yes. Yep. I mean, honestly. You need someone there. Yeah. Well, Jiminy Cricket. Little, like, voice in the back of your head, like, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't right. Um, the second question was, discuss Eddard's and Robert's friendship. Thoughts? Hannah says, having grown up with each other and gone to war together, they obviously both have a lot of love and respect for one another. But I think their friendship is mainly based on their past. Robert has some selfish tendencies that were shown in this chapter, which probably wouldn't help the friendship last if they saw each other more often. There are two things I'm thinking of. One, he only thought of where he would have wanted Lyanna buried rather than where he she would have wanted to be buried. True. And two, he didn't give Eddard a real choice in being Hand of King, showing that he either didn't care or didn't know that Eddard wouldn't want to leave his home and family, neither of which make a good friend. 
Um, Eddard obviously doesn't think negatively of Robert for this, so he doesn't, so maybe he doesn't care and Robert wouldn't have asked Eddard if he didn't trust and respect him. Um, it could be that this is simply how they are and the friendship will be just fine. I just look at these instances and wonder how many other values are different between the two and if their values are too different for their friendship to last while also having the king and the hand of the king relationship. So I do have a comment on that. I totally agree with the whole Liana thing. Yes. Um, it really, really ticked me off when he yeah. was saying like, the whole like he sh she should be buried over here like over she here, wasn't blah, blah, blah. like if he actually like cared about her yes he would have agreed that she should have been buried in Winterfell because he that's knows where, that's where yes. she wanted to be buried it's like it's like he loved her but didn't pay attention to her almost or didn't even know her because I'm sorry I, I mean if it came down to it and I had a relationship with somebody and they didn't know that I wanted to be buried by my family I'd be very upset agreed um, and then Clayton says, they're old war buddies. Rob bringing Ned in while under so much pressure just shows the level of trust they have for each other. Yeah. Which yeah. I agree. If he feels like he's under stress, he wants his best friend there to help. Yeah, him. for sure. Um, Maybe he's like a calming presence or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he kind of feels like he's at his own kind of war again and needs his best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Lexi's answer was, their relationship reminds me of like high school friends who haven't seen each other for a year or over that, and when they see each other again, it's not like the time they had in the past. Yeah, like, if you haven't seen a... Yeah. Like I, I haven't seen a lot of my high school friends. Like, it's sometimes may just... Sometimes maybe it's just hard to, like, pick up where you left off. And, and you're, like, growing apart. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Especially spending... I mean, I could say the same for when I moved back to Michigan. There were a couple friends that I still adore. Ooh. I still love them, but because they... Did you just stop it? Oh. But because they grew up here for nine years while I was in Arizona for nine years, we, you know, have different personalities and little quirks about us that yeah, just like, show us how different we are. It's natural to grow apart, yeah. too. It's sad, but, I mean, it people happens. go different directions with their lives. You can't keep a friend. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to keep a friend from elementary school up until your 30s kind Agreed. of thing. I mean, yeah. so much happens. Yeah. But... Yep, thanks for sending in your answers, and yeah. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. All right, so last episode, um, the Baratheons and the Lannisters arrived at Winterfell. Um, Ned and Robert kind of took a trip down to the Winterfell, the crypts, the crypts of Winterfell, to see the tomb of Lyanna Stark, who is Ned's sister. Um, and then the king asks Ned to come to King's Landing with him to serve as his Hand of the King. Uh, and today we're still in Winterfell, um, and now we're actually going to be holding a feast uh, for the king and his family. Um, in this episode, John begs Uncle Benjamin uh, to go to the Night's Watch, and we see John um, some emotional stuff from John, um, and he ends up having a chat with uh, Tyrion Lannister as well. So, um, as for wine for this episode, um, since John is at a feast. He is drinking, so we picked something that goes down easily so we can drink with our good friend, John. Yes. It's um, Cupcake Moscato, so it's a super easy one. I drink it with my friends. This is one of Olivia's time. favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, very easy to just gulp. 
down. Ship. Oop. ASMR. Thanks, Gabby. You're welcome. You know what? Let me just top it off a little bit. <laughs> Alright. That is delicious. Delicious. Very sweet. Alright, ready to start, y'all? Mm-hmm. Okay, so as we said, this chapter takes place in John's point of view. Um, we are at the welcoming feast for King Robert and his royal family. John kind of makes a little note here saying there's not many times that he's happy to be a bastard, but tonight was one of those times he was because he could drink all the wine he wanted and he could hang in the background while all the other Stark children sat up with the royal family and had to entertain and host and stuff. So he's happy where he is right now. And then um, in this chapter, there's a really good description of the Great Hall of Winterfell where they're having the feast. And I wanted to read that little bit. So it says, The Great Hall of Winterfell was hazy with smoke and heavy with the smell of roasted meat and fresh baked bread. Its gray stone walls were draped with banners. White, gold, crimson. The direwolf of Stark, Baratheon's crown stag, the lion of Lannister. A singer was playing the high harp and reciting a ballad, but down at the end of the hall his voice could scarcely be heard above the roar of the fire, the clangor of pewter plates and cups, and the low mutter of a hundred drunken conversations. So that's kind of setting the tone for us here. Yeah. Um, John goes on to say that um, they are about four hours into the feast, um, and all the other Stark children were sitting high up at the high table with Lord and Lady Stark and then the king and the queen. And John didn't sit there because he was a bastard and they would they thought that if he sat with them it would upset the royal family. So he's sitting below in the benches with the other younger squires. And wasn't it specifically Catelyn who didn't want him up there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she she's not a fan of John, so she was happy that he's sitting below instead of yeah. up with them. Yeah. And then John kind of recounts the procession into the Great Hall of the royal family and the Stark family. Um, and where he was sitting, he got a real good look at the king and his family and kind of comments on each person as they walk by. So the first to come through the procession is his father, Ned, and then Queen Cersei. And she notes that um, Cersei was beautiful. She had a tiara on her head and she had long blonde hair with emeralds that matched her green eyes. John said that even though she was smiling, he could see right through it. Obviously, she's not happy to be there. Um, then we have King Robert and Catelyn Stark. Um, John was very disappointed by the king and how he looked because his father always spoke so highly of him and said he was such a great, strong warrior. But all John saw was a fat, red-faced man with sweaty that was sweaty and could barely walk. <laughs> so he was he was more than disappointed. He was very let down by that. Next comes his little brother Rickon Stark, who's only three years old. So on his way processing up to the table, he's kind of stopped to visit with John and like talk to him a little bit. So John kind of had to urge him on, saying, "Keep going, keep going. You got to go up there with your family." That's so cute. Yeah, <laughs> I can just imagine three-year-old little Rickon like. It's so cute. <laughs> Next, we have Robert Stark and Princess Marcella Baratheon. Um, John comments and says, Marcella was a wisp of a girl, 
Um, she's almost eight years old with golden curls, and the whole time they were walking together, she was flirting with Rob, giving him smiles, and kind of acting like timid around him. Oh. Yes. And then, Ricky. yeah. <laughs> and then John said she was insipid, meaning she kind of lacked flavor and interest. He was, she wasn't that interesting. She's vanilla. Yeah, she's very vanilla. <laughs> Next come his sister Arya Stark and Prince Tommen Baratheon, and all he really said about Tommen was that he had long, white, blonde hair, and he was very plump. Yep, so after Tommen and Arya, um, Sansa and Joffrey come in, um, and we've kind of talked about them a little bit, but just a reminder, Joffrey's 12, he's tall, and he's got blonde hair and green eyes. He kind of takes after his mom with his hair and his eyes, um... John kind of noticed he looks bored and kind of disappointed and, I don't know, like he's like looking down on the Great Hall and he just thinks he's better than this and he shouldn't even be here kind of thing. Um, so then after Sansa and Joffrey, Jamie Lannister comes in and he's Cersei's twin um, and he's wearing a crimson silk, um, high black boots, a black satin cloak. A t- and a tunic with um, his house sigil embroidered on it. Um, he's called the lion to his face, but he is behind his back. He's the Kingslayer because um, he's the one who slayed the Mad King. Mm-hmm. Um, and John is kind of thinking to himself, like, that's Jamie is what a king should look like. He's strong and tall and, you know, mm-hmm. he, he looks like he's a warrior kind of thing. And he yeah. thinks that that's what... Robert should Robert look like, should look like <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Nowhere close. Um, and then after that is Tyrion, who is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the youngest Lannister, and he's a dwarf, so he's got stunted legs, a, a really big head, and, <laughs> and I feel him on that. Um, <laughs> he's got a brute squashed in face, um, one green eye and one black eye, and then he's got white blonde hair, and they refer to him as the imp, which, <laughs> poor Tyrion. Yeah. So after Tyrion, Benjen Stark and Theon Greyjoy come in. Um, Benjen smiles at Jon as he walks by, and Jon kind of notes that Theon just ignores him and walks away like, no big deal. Which, we've kind of already seen that from Theon. He's just not very, (laughs) not necessarily the nicest of guys. No. Um, But Benjen is the younger brother of Ned Stark, and he's the first ranger of the Night's Watch. And he has blue-gray eyes. And thin, he's thin with long legs. Um, he dresses in black, which is customary for men of the Night's Watch. And it says he is observant, he's friendly, and he also dislikes House Lannister. Just like Ned. Just like Ned. So there's obviously some problems as we addressed. Right. Um, and, you know, as everybody's walking in, John kind of thinks about and he notices that ghost has been under, like, his legs the whole time under the table begging for food. So he literally gives him, I love this, because I'm just imagining. I mean, he's probably, he's still young. Yeah. He still says he's a puppy, but ghost is a puppy. But he gives him a whole chicken. A whole chicken. <laughs> and he apparently, you know, devours he's a it. Boy. He's a growing pup. I he remember that in the book, too. They were saying that the dogs, like, stayed away from ghost. Yeah. Because ghost was bigger than them already, yeah. and he was still a pup. Um, I think in the book they say, like, one of them was, like, there was, like, a dog or, like, one of the wolves there, and Ghost kind of, like, bears his teeth at that, <laughs> and was like, stay away from Ghost don't food. mess around. Ghost yeah. 
Um, so then Uncle Benjamin comes down and starts to talk to John. Um, and the first thing he comments on is, is Ghost and how Ghost is very quiet. And John says, well, that's why I named him Ghost, because he doesn't make a sound. But I think he named him Ghost because he's white, but, you know, that's just me. Um, ben then asks, uh, why isn't he sitting at the table with his family? Uh, because John normally sits up there with them. Um, and John answers that it would be insulting to the royal family to have a bastard amongst them. Mm-hmm. Um, so John kind of looks down on himself. Again, um, going back to what, how Catelyn feels about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of um, like he's like an embarrassment. So right. he kind of follows that and like... He feels that yeah, way, yeah. He internalizes it. So John uh, eventually asked Ben um, if he could actually come to the wall with him and be a member of the Night's Watch, just kind of out of the blue. Um, and Ben is trying to talk him out of it. And he says, like, it's a really hard place, you know, and you're pretty young. And John says, well, I'm going to be 15, so I'm basically a man. Um, and he pleads with him to join the Night's Watch. Um, and to John, he, he says that it, he feels like it's his only chance to do something worthy. Um, because, you know, going through the children, Rob is going to inherit Winterfell. Brandon Rickon will then be Rob's bannerman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arya and Sansa are going to marry other families and move on. Uh, but, uh, John, he's a bastard. So what could he possibly do? He's not going to have the Winterfell or he's not going to have the uh, Stark name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to inherit Winterfell. None of that. So. so he probably can't like have hold any like royal position. No. Since he's a bastard, so he's thinking, well... He doesn't have a house name. Yeah. So, um, and I'm going to read a little blurb from the book here. Um, he says, uh, you might you might if you knew what it meant, Benjen said. Um, if you knew what the oath would cost you, you might be less eager to pay the price, son. John felt anger rise up in him. I'm not your son. Benjen Stark stood up. More is the pity. He put a hand on John's shoulders. Come back to me when you fathered a few bastards of your own, and we'll see how you feel. John trembled. I will never father a bastard, he said carefully. Never. He spat it out like venom. Suddenly, he realized that the entire table had fallen silent and that they were all looking at him. He felt the tears begin to well behind his eyes. He pushed himself to his feet. I must be excused. So John's pretty embarrassed, um, and he's pretty upset. So he leaves the table and leaves the feast itself, and he's drunk because he's only 14 years old. Um, he's so, been drinking wine all night. Hence why we wine. picked the one that we can drink right. with no problem. I think it's funny because he's <laughs> like, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to drink all this wine because yeah. I don't have to sit with my dad or with right. the rest of my family. No one's going to tell me no. Exactly. <laughs> so, but so now he's stumbling and crashing into things and crying. So he's upset. I'm sure the alcohol has exacerbated his situation. Mm, we've all been there. Yeah. So um, he runs out into the courtyard and he runs into La- uh, Tyrion Lannister. Um and Tyrion um, is intelligent, he's well-educated, and he's very sharp. Um, very much so. And he receives little respect. Um, he's often mocked, but he's a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, spends a lot of time reading. So Cersei uh, Lannister actually despises her brother because he, um, when, he when his, their mother gave birth to him, he killed their mother. Um, on the way out, so not really his fault, but uh, <sighs> Cersei. Still. So they introduce themselves to each other, and then Tyrion gives John some advice, um, which is pretty good advice, actually. Um, on page fifty-seven, um, he said, "Let me give you some counsel, bastard." Lannister said, "Never forget that who you are. 
for surely the world will not. Um, never for, or, uh, make it your strength when it can never be your weakness. Armor yourself in it, and it will never be used to hurt you. Uh, and John says that you don't know anything about being a bastard. Um, and Tyrion, again, he's sharp. So he comes right back at him and replies that all dwarves are bastard in their father's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and John says, yeah, but it, you might be that way, but you still have the Lannister name. Um, you don't have a bastard name like me. And Tyrion said, oh, says, am I? Uh, my father still treats me like a bastard, even though I'm technically a Lannister. Um, and John goes off and says, like, he doesn't even know his own mother. Um, and Tyrion, again, quick with that. And he goes, all dwarves are ba- all dwarves may be bastards, yet not all bastards need be dwarves. Um, and so that's how they kind of end their conversation. And Tyrion walks back into the feast. Um, and I think it kind of goes like the way that the, the chapter ends, it kind of goes where Tyrion stood as tall as a king when the light hit him, when the door opened, kind of shows like, I'm not going to say like a precursor, but almost like a, uh, a nice little, you know, he, he's pretty tall of a person inside, in inside, not Mentally. outside. Right. So some sage advice from our friend Tyrion. Yes. Um, so that is the how the chapter ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so some discussion questions we come up with. Um, if you were in John's position, would you want to join the Night's Watch? You know, I we were just talking about how this was kind of like when we talked about if Will wanted to join or have his hand cut off. And yeah, back in the episode two. Yeah, yeah, and if I'm being honest, I'm not really interested at 14 years old to go give yeah. everything up and just live there the rest of my life kind of thing. Like, I think that I, even if I wanted to go so badly because it was honorable to go, I think I would wait. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to wait a couple years to see and if I also, still want to go. And also, you don't know, like, when you get there, if you're going to be accepted. And I think that's mm-hmm. what he's really looking for is acceptance yeah. and somewhere to call his own. Because he doesn't yeah. really feel like he has anything that is his own. So I think my point, too, is I would definitely not want to go. And that's yeah. because... So, like, when we're talking about Will back in episode two, we're talking about someone that committed a crime and has the choice to chopping their hand off or joining the Night's Watch. Like, it's a prison sentence. And John just openly wants to just go join, even though he's not a prisoner. He's a bastard son of a lord, and the lord treats him like he's his own son. So, it's not like John has the worst time yeah, like, of even anyone. Though, even though Caitlin, <laughs> Catelyn doesn't like him, I mean... It's clear just from the ep- the episode where we met all the Starks that like Ned was kind of like oh you don't want a wolf for yourself yeah. kind of thing he like loves he, his he son. feels yeah something and and he gets along with the Stark kids for the most part yeah. I mean so I just yeah. I, you know, I mean I guess he I has brothers and sisters yeah. he's internalizing yeah. a lot and he wants to go find acceptance but and I think he's jumping on me, it yeah. I, think I think he's, he's jumping he's on it he doesn't young, have a right? lot he mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of time to like process it right yeah. yeah. Um, so the next question is, if your niece or nephew wanted to join the Night's Watch, would you support it or would you react like Uncle Benjamin did? I think since, I mean, if the, my niece or nef- nephew were John's age, I think, I don't know if I would because he's so young. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It has to do with their age. Yeah, because like I don't know like if you're adult. making like a sane adult right. decision. And Uncle yeah. Benjamin even said, he's like, you're, you're 14. You're just a boy. Like. You don't need you don't yeah. need you don't need all this right now. I mean, because I, I don't know, especially because he's the one who is literally he's the first 
what did, I don't remember what I said. The first word, the first... Don't remember. But he's literally the one ranger. who is first ranger, and he's the one who's on the wall. He knows what John would be going into. So, like, I personally, like, I mean, I'm sure some people might be like, oh, That's he's a good not point. being supportive, but... He knows what John's yeah, getting himself so into. So he could be just no like, I don't want you to be in that. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably react like Benjamin. All right. Well, that's all of our discussion questions. All right. That's it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Make sure you guys follow us on Facebook at A Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Wines 1, and also on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. Next episode, we will be discussing Catlin chapter 2. So make sure you read that chapter before the next episode. Thanks for listening.